Thank you. So, Father's Day, so we have a Father's Day gift. This is the tradition of our church. Every year we crack our brains to figure out what to give for Father's Day, what to give for Mother's Day. And this year we have socks. The moment I walked in, one of the usher ladies in the first service says, why only grey colour? I said, what's wrong with grey colour? Is it grey colour? Very nice, you know. They cannot. Why don't you have some fathers may want blue, some may want red. I said, men are not like that. Men are not like that. We're very happy with grey socks. One colour, everybody the same. Well, there's a very huge difference between men and women. Huh? So that's why I never participate in choosing the Mother's Day gift. Because I'll get it wrong. <laughs> but why socks? Why socks? You know, to understand that, you need to know the best Chinese dialect on earth. Which is? Cantonese. Now, of course, must be Cantonese. <laughs> yeah, because this only works in Cantonese, right? This only works in Cantonese. And this is chan chan mat mat. Okay, it's a pun. Right, the word mi or mat is socks in Cantonese. And, and where did I learn this from? I learned this from home. As a young child, I always see my mother give my father a socks uh, for his birthday. So I just ask her, why always socks? And she said, chan chan mat mat ma. That means intimacy, closeness. And that's where I learned it from. So that's why everybody, uh, every father is getting uh, socks. One of the most loving Christian couples, in fact, the first uh, Christian couple I know um, is, is this man here. Uh, oops. Uh, Uncle Don and Auntie Frida. When I was uh, in university, I think I arrived in September. By Christmas, I was invited to their house uh, 200 miles away. And the first Christian couple, the first Christian home I was in, he's now 89 years old, uh, he's uh, widowed, but he's still praying for me every Monday. And in World War II, he was what is called a conscientious objector. That means he did not want to join the army, he didn't want to bear arms, he didn't want to kill. And so they sent him to a farm to, as kind of like replacement uh, service, which doesn't happen here in Singapore, right? So they sent him to the farm and then they worked hard on the farm, uh, doing his bit for the war effort. And after every day's work, uh, being a, a, a devout Christian, he would pray. Very tired, he would kneel by his bedside and he would pray. And then one day he says he was just praying, maybe he was speaking in tongues, then he said, bless my socks, bless my socks. And somebody overheard him. Say, what on earth are you praying for? Bless your socks. Actually, he didn't know what he was praying for. Just bless my socks. And then somebody says, actually, it's very important. Now you have holy socks. That means socks with holes. If you don't get that, then it's too bad. <laughs> but really, think about it. It doesn't get more intimate in that, that you can communicate with God about everything, including uh, your socks. And I know of one other person who pays a lot of attention, a lot of attention to his socks. You know how some people have monogram uh, shirts, like here on the cuff of your sleeve, you have your initials, you know, TKF. They actually embroider it in. Have you seen those? Oh, it's very popular in America. And this person is the only person I know who wears socks that bear his name. And he's the chairman of some high church leadership. Yeah, ask him. How many of you are wearing socks to, today? You know, you should. You should. Because uh, what is the function of socks? So I found out. I had to research. I never knew. See, the socks are there to absorb sweat. Oh, 
And they say that the foot, the foot is among the heaviest producers of sweat in our body. Up to 120 ml per day. Hey, that's one third a can of Coke. From your feet. Uh, another piece of trivia, of those of us who are wearing socks, one third of your socks will be made in a place in China, in Zhejiang province, in a city called uh, Da Tang. And they are, that, that city is called the Socks City. They produce one third of all the socks in the world, up to 8 to 20 billion pairs of socks a year. So all this trivia. What is all these socks? Talk about socks leading to. I want to turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 5. Uh, the whole book of Ephesians talks a lot about walking. And let me just start with a few verses. Uh, uh, I'm not going to read through it all. We'll cover it more and more later. Ephesians 5 from verse 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Okay, I'm going to jump through all, all the rest. We'll read the verses later. So we're going to be talking about walking today. How is your walk? And how you walk affects how you smell to God, right? Uh, it talks about a sweet-smelling aroma. When Christ walked, He was that sweet-smelling uh, aroma to God, and so can we. How you walk determines how you please your Father. Further down in verse 10, especially in the NIV, it says, find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases your Heavenly Father. So what pleases a father? So this, I will call this is a sermon on Father's Day. This is not a father, Father's Day a sermon. I'm just going to be doing some reflections on Ephesians chapter 5 and especially about walking. So how do you walk to please a father? I just read in uh, Sunday Times today, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, C-O-L-B-R-T, one of those American uh, comedians, he always tekan Donald Trump. And he, he said this, a father has to be a provider, a teacher, a role model, but most importantly, a distant authority figure who can never be pleased. Otherwise, how will children ever understand the concept of God? You know, you get the sarcasm there. But actually, he's, I understand he's quite a devout uh, a Catholic himself. So this is, is, is comedy. Because our concept of father comes through our earthly father, yes, but ultimately from God the Father. And if God the Father is some distant God can, that can, is always angry, can never be pleased, then, then we are in trouble. On, on earth, we are in trouble. Likewise, earthly father to earthly children. So, how do you please a father? If your father can never be pleased, then you're in trouble, right? So, how do you please a father? And um, watch this video. Can I have the sound on, right? Let's see if it works. Well, that's where Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 
comes from, right? What pleases the Father is when the Son imitates the Father. But how do we imitate God, the Heavenly Father? We, we imitate not by painting our face white and then trying to be that mime artist. We imitate as dear children. As dear children, we imitate by walking in love. Walking together with our Father, imitating Him. Ephesians 5, let me read that once again. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The example is there, Christ, not some God far away who can never be pleased and is always angry with us. Is a God who showed His love by coming to earth and to give. So to walk in love. Why does the Bible use the word walk or certain translations uh, rather? <coughs> it's also uh, in other translations, it's a live in love. But I think walk is better because walk suggests that we are walking towards something. We are walking towards God the Father and we are walking with God the Son, Jesus. So there is a purposeful movement. Walking towards the Father, walking with the Son, and to walk in love is to walk in Christ, to walk as Christ did, who was loving and giving of Himself. So you've heard this before. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. It's just second nature. If you love, you have to give. You want to give. Last Sunday, uh, our elder Edwin gave. He gave an excellent sermon. For those of you who have not, did not come or have not listened, then please go download it and, and listen to it. He gave, he gave not his socks, but he gave an excellent sermon and he gave an example that giving involves sacrifice. And I will never forget his turn of phrase. You know, only lawyers and wordsmiths can do that. That uh, he had his life inconvenience and his privacy invaded. If you want his socks, I'm sure he will indulge you with or without 120 milliliters of sweat. He is an inspirational example indeed. Okay, that's all the in I'm going to use today. <laughs> to walk in love is equal to walking and giving. It's just part of the, the, the walk of, of life, the walk of love. So what are we willing to give? What are we willing to offer? What are we willing to sacrifice? And only because it's Father's Day, and still it is not a Father's Day sermon, but I want to add a point here specifically for fathers. Uh, there are a few here. You know, I think that the most important thing that a father can give is not just providing food on the table and, and paying for university and all that. The most important thing a father can give is time plus spiritual leadership. Right? It's like, no matter how inconvenient or uncomfortable, maybe you're not the kind that can just walk up to your child and and hold hands, and pray, and all that. But, but if you believe in God, then, then you have no choice. You have to believe in Satan, right? The evil one. If you believe in Satan, then you will know that one of his key targets is the father figure and the father-child relationship, the family. And he wants to break that down. So no matter how uncomfortable you feel that, it's like, oh, this is not me, you, you must pray for your child. You must pray for, for your kids. And even if you cannot you find it very difficult to pray openly with the child, hand in hand, and that kind of thing. You can pray when the child is asleep. Every time you walk past the door, you can pray. When the child is away, you sit on his bed 
and maybe you lay the hands, lay your hands on the bed and you can pray. Of course, it's best if you're able to do so uh, directly, but you need to pray because we need to stand guard spiritually over the family. We need to take the lead and we need to take the lead in prayer. And the least I think we can do is uh, uh, just family time, family meal, and use the time just to say grace. And as we say grace and give thanks to God, we can give thanks for the family, we can say a word of blessing over the family. That minimum we can do. We turn the family's attention back to God by prayer. So love, walk in love, is, is a giving kind of love. Love gives. Jesus gave himself. God so loved the world that he gave. And then suddenly, Ephesians 5 jumps from walking in love and then start talking about sexual immorality and lust and loose talk. Uh, from verse 3, it says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Love gives as Christ gives, as God loved the, so, so loved the world that He gave, but lust grabs. Lust says, satisfy me, satisfy me. And verse 5 talks of a fornicator, translated also as a sexually immoral person. In the King James Version, the old word is used, whoremonger. The Greek word is pornos, from where we get pornography. And pornography objectifies a person Lust and pornography then makes this person an object which you then grab to satisfy your own urges. And even the most intimate of human relationships between husband and wife and the act of sexual intercourse is not an act of grabbing, it is an act of giving, right? It's an act of giving a pleasure, giving fulfillment. But selfish lust turns it around from giving to grabbing, to self gratification. So love gives, lust grabs, and then it talks about loose talk. And I think loose talk grates. Uh, it's like if I had a chalkboard here, and I have long fingers, and I would just scratch it against the chalkboard and you all will cringe and, and it grates you. You know, one of the things we give is what we say. That's how we give. And one of the ways our walk is expressed is in our talk. You know, we often say that, oh, you need to walk the talk, walk the talk. But actually, you need to talk your walk. Verse 4 talks about loose talk, filthiness, foolish talk, coarse jesting, which is translated also as just crude jokes. You don't think and then you talk. And all these loose words, it grates, it even kills. You know Proverbs. Proverbs has a lot to talk about loose words and reckless words. And, and I, I selected just one verse to, to anchor this. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, reckless words, unthinking words, pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Even these days, I'm sure you would have found out, legally vetted statutory declarations can also have loose and reckless words. And, and, and especially children are very good at picking up all these things. 
You know, there's a, a story that I have told before, but maybe not, not recently. I heard this, that a child was given, uh, I think it was a Christmas present, something like this. You know, you just snap it onto the, the car seat in front, and, and then the child goes in so happy, right? Got Christmas present, sat behind there, pretend to be driving, then it'll be vroom, vroom, mama, idiot! And it's a true story. Somebody told me this. The first thing the child did, Papa, idiot. Guess where the child learned it from? The mother, of course. <laughs> Who drives normally, right? Yeah, people learn this very fast. But, you know, especially in these days of Facebook and Instagram and all that, and uh, Snapchat, Snapchat is supposed to disappear, there's, there's another form of, of loose talk. Uh, of course, jokes is, I call it witness gone wild. It's just like that clever snide, that clever insult in the name of harmless fun. What is it actually? I think it's self-promotion. To show the world how clever uh, you are and in the process you hurt somebody, it doesn't matter. But you know, it is not uh, just a modern social media problem. Uh, one of the pastors is about 10 years older than me Anybody 10 years older than me is really ancient, right? And he said, you know, it's in, in our time, before we had Facebook and all that, uh, we would come sit together and we'll be making all kinds of witty comments and trying to be very clever and insulting one another and hurting one another in the process. And we think that we're all, all very clever. So human nature has, has not changed. So in the name of self-promotion, we have reckless words. And what does the Bible say? Resist loose talk. Instead, rather, give thanks. Rather, give thanks. So, I went to check my Facebook account. I got a few hundred friends. And I was looking for loose talk. I couldn't find any, you know. In fact, most of the talk there was uh, very edifying, uh, inspirational even. Somebody would say, oh, you know, uh, I thank God for my mother and then we are able to do this together, we go makan together, and somebody says, I got this, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, thank God for this, I'm so thankful. And I found that many of my friends are, are so encouraging, so edifying, but not all the time maybe, because I do remember I've come across some that I say, oh, why do you say that? And I think I have un unfriended them. So now all my friends are good friends. <laughs> and it's just encouraging, so you, maybe you can look through your, your own stuff. And, and find that some people can be very, uh, what is it? I don't know, just reckless with, uh, with their words. So, I, I entitled my, my sermon today, Watch How We Walk. Of course, we walk in love, and to love is to give. But we also need to watch how we talk. Loose words, reckless words. So, walking in love, and secondly, we're talking about walking in the light. Let me read from verse 8 of Ephesians 5. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. In another translation, what pleases the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. 
Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. What does it mean to walk in the light? I think it means not to be afraid of being exposed. For those of you who can still remember the film cameras, you do not want to expose it to the light. It gets spoiled. What does it mean to walk in darkness? To walk in darkness means you're afraid to be exposed. Walk in light, not afraid. Walk in darkness, afraid. And this applies very much to sexual immorality and pornography because affairs are secret. Visits to pornographic sites are secret, is hidden. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. So what you let in through the eyes, if good, is full of light. What you let in through the eyes, if bad, is full of darkness. Again, in uh, John chapter 3, from verse 19, it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly, it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So you come into the light. Well, by and large, the streets in Singapore are, are fairly safe. But if you've been to a foreign country, they will tell you that you must walk in the light. Walk where there are street lamps and all that. Don't go into all those dark corners. Those are, are dangerous places. So you always choose to walk in the light. And as it were, be exposed. And that if there were evil there, they are also exposed. So you know. You know, some years ago when I relocated to, to Hong Kong and I was looking around for an apartment to, to rent and the agent brought me to this apartment and um, so I'm looking around, I one, I opened every cupboard, you know, to, to see what's inside. And so I went to, into this man's study and I just opened the cupboard, you know, <gasps> full of, in those days, not DVD, <laughs> Uh, VHS tapes, all pornography. It's like a cupboard's worth uh, of it. And of course, he was exposed. He was ashamed. I was also exposed and ashamed. I was quickly close, you know, pretend not, not to see it. So it's like you choose to live in the light and you choose to expose it, whether it is pornography in a secret cabinet or a secret cabinet committee. You choose to expose it. You live and you walk like, like an open book. There's nothing to hide. I'm already exposed. There's nothing, nothing to fear. You can come visit me. You can open any cupboard in my home. I'm not afraid. I'm happy to be exposed. So some years ago, some UK friends of mine from university came to visit me. And then my children were yay high. And they say, oh, you know, I'm going to tell you what your daddy did while he was in university and all that. So I say, like clean this wood, you know, go ahead, make my day. <laughs> Bring it on. I said, I got nothing to hide. I was a goody two shoes in, in university. So it's, it's great to be exposed. There's, there's nothing to hide, nothing to fear. And in fact, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'm going to tell you something, you don't tell anyone. It's like, uh, it cannot be exposed. You say, I don't want to know, right? 
If you tell me, then I, I, I want it to be exposable so that uh, there's, there's nothing to hide. I'm not going to perpetuate a, a, a rumor or, or a gossip. So what does verse 11 of chapter 5 says? But rather expose them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather expose them. What does it mean practically to expose them? If we have some secret sin, some addiction to something, whether it's pornography or whatever, expose them. But exposing them doesn't mean like, okay, you just declare on Facebook, right? <laughs> or, you know, the, the last 12 months, I've been watching pornography three times a week. That's not that kind of exposure, but it does mean confessing to someone. That's exposing. That's exposing. Confessing to someone who can handle it and that someone who can help you and someone who can pray for you. James chapter 5 uh, talks about this. Therefore, James chapter 5 verse 16, therefore confess your sins, expose your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So that's exposing, confessing, and for that, we need a safe environment. A safe environment for exposition. A safe environment not for condemnation. A grace environment. And when we have that, then we can expose it, come into the light, bring it into the light, and there will be healing. It's very difficult for men. Uh, for Father's Day, let me talk about men. Uh, recently, I re uh, listened to a book and it's written by Ginsburg, the, I think the, the second lady Supreme Court Justice in America. And she says there was a survey done in some law school, and the question was this, are you, do you think that you are in the top 20% of law school? So they asked the men. The men, 30% of men thinks that they are in the top 20% of law school. And they asked the, the girls, 15% of girls think that they are in the top 20% of law school. So man has got this pride. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Um, it's, it's typical. That's why I think man has more problems with pornography and, and overcoming pornography because we have this pride. It cannot be exposed and therefore it cannot be dealt with. So come into the light. Walk in light. Um, the story is told of a, a boy who was sitting in church one day, one of these old-time churches, looked up and saw all these stained-glass windows. We also have stained-glass windows behind the screen. Uh, ours very simple one, yeah? yellow color, red cross. And so he asked the daddy, what are all these colored windows up there? And who are all these people? So the father said, son, well, you know, the one on the left, that's St. Matthew. Uh, he wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Then the other one is St. Mark. This one is St. John. And I want to St. Peter's, St. this and St. that. And then a few weeks later, the son was in Sunday school. And the teacher says, can anyone in this Sunday school class tell me what a saint is? And so this boy raised his hand and said, a saint is somebody that light shines through. Wow, Tim. Oh, really good. You are the saint that light shines through. And that is how we should walk. And, and Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others, 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That is how we should walk, walking in love, giving, walking in light, come into the light, be exposed, have nothing to hide, and finally and thirdly, walking in circumspection. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to God giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.15, walk circumspectly. That word is uh, in Greek, akribos, is also translated as diligent, careful. But uh, strangely, in the King James Version, and this is the new King James Version, it uses a word called circumspectly, which is hardly used, so, it's a compound word, circum, as in circumference, circle, and uh, spec, as in inspect, right? So, it just means looking around the situation or the issue from every angle, carefully inspect it. Because very often in life, what looks very right on the surface is actually very, very wrong, and they are not so obvious. So, any of you heard the story of... Uh, a lady who found a lamp and then when she polished the lamp, a genie appeared and gave her three wishes. You heard this story? Okay. So, it happened. Then the genie says, but uh, lady, there's a catch. Huh? Whatever you wish for, your husband will get ten times as much. So, the lady looked around the issue. I get this. My husband gets ten times. Okay, what? Right? So, she said, okay. So, her first wish I want to be the most beautiful woman in the world. And the genie says, but you do realize that your wish will make your husband the most handsome man in the world. And all the women will flock to him. So the woman, circumspect, thought about it. I think that's okay. Because I will be the most beautiful woman in the world and he will only have eyes for me. So okay. She became the most beautiful woman in the world. Smart, right? Then second wish. Then she said, I want to be the richest woman in the world. Then the genie said, but that will make your husband ten times richer. He will be the richest man in the world. And the woman thought about it and examined it from every angle and said, that's okay. Because we are married, what is mine is his and what is his is mine. So I get eleven times. So okay. And she became the richest woman in the world. Then the genie says, what about your third wish? And then she thought about it very carefully and said, my third wish is I would like to have a mild heart attack. What is the moral of the story? Women are, are very circumspect, very careful, right? They examine from every angle and then they make a good decision. Careful, diligent, circumspect. Actually, there's a part two to this story. Should I tell you the part two of this story? Um, you know, usually uh, in all stories and as in life, uh, you let the woman have the last word, right? Because they must have the last word. Nah. But because today is Father's Day and only for today, 
let me continue part two of the story. Part two of the story says, the woman had a mild heart attack. The man had a heart attack 10 times milder than his wife. <laughs> okay, so be circumspect means to be careful, to be diligent, to examine it from every angle. What does it mean to walk circumspectly? The Bible amplifies it for us. It says, walk, in circum- uh, walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. So one aspect of walking carefully or living carefully is to redeem the time. And it continues with, understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk, do not be addicted to wine, or you can say, do not be addicted to, to pornography. Redeeming the time. Be careful with your time. So I am very OCD. You know, Singaporeans are 10 times more OCD than the rest of the world. You know, 3% of Singaporeans have OCD. And the worldwide figure is 0.3%. So I contribute to it. I'm, I'm totally OCD about time and punctuality. People who, who come late give me a lot of stress. And I, I develop stomach ulcers. But how do I redeem the time, you know? How, how do I be careful of the time? Let me give you a glimpse into my life, right? Starting in the morning, I wake up like 5.30, 6 o'clock. When I wake up, I'm like a baby. Yeah? I wake up, I must eat. So I have breakfast. But as I walk down to breakfast, I'll be holding my phone and I'll be checking emails. I'll be checking Facebook. I'll be checking Instagram. And, and before the newspapers arrive, I'll be doing a MOOC uh, uh, massively online, open online course. And currently, I'm doing a, a, a study, or a, a course from Northwestern University uh, on Martin Luther, because this year is 500 years of the Reformation and Western civilization. So I'll be, I'll be reading all those things before the newspaper come, and I'll be eating breakfast. And then when the newspaper come, I swap, I put down my phone, and I read the newspapers. And Angeline and I, we have a fine art, Okay. I'll read the, this portion, and then she'll read the other portion. Uh, if I do business, she'll do home, and then we'll swap, and then we'll change live, and then we'll read the, the main one, and, and then we finish uh, uh, breakfast. And then I will bring my dog out to do its thing, uh, pooing and peeing. And um, as I walk out of the door, I will put on my earphones, and I'll be continuing to listen either to Ravi Zacharias or something in a podcast, or I'll be listening to a book, uh, or, or, or something. And, and then the dog will exercise me. Uh, because if he walks, I walk. If he runs, I run. And he will do the exercise. I follow him. And, um, and then I'm listening to, to, to something all the time. I come home, and then I will like, brush my teeth and shave and all that. I'm still listening with my headphones. And then I go into the shower, and this is where everything fails. I don't have waterproof headphones. So I stop listening for the two minutes that I'm taking... Uh, a shower, uh, and then I come downstairs and I, I pet pet my dog, and then I go into the car, I switch on and continue listening to sermons, uh, like Evan Chua's sermon and, and uh, a book or something, and then I drive to work. Then as I come out of the door of my car, I carry my phone, I'm still listening, five seconds later, it will stop, and then I'm in the office, down to a fine art. Not a single minute wasted except for the time in the shower. So for my birthday, you all can buy me a waterproof 
it's like, wow, it's so good, right? Like, you feel like you haven't wasted a minute. Elder Evan talked last week about stewarding your money, right? Money, you are a steward over your money in the same way we are a steward over our time, which is more precious than money. But if you read this verse carefully, Ephesians 5.15, it talks about redeeming the time. It's called redeeming kairos. You know, in Greek, there are two words for time. One is chronos, which is chronology, chronological time, which I, I was trying to redeem by not wasting every single second or minute. But this verse says about redeeming the kairos. The kairos is an opportune time. And some of the translation goes like, making the most of every opportunity. Redeeming the opportune time is a season. Right, in the days of the agrarian economy or agricultural economy, when the harvest time comes, no matter what you're doing, everybody drops, right? Everybody heads out to the field and do the harvest because if you don't do it quickly enough, then, then the crops will rot uh, in the field. That is a kairos moment. No other time, but everybody get out there, kairos moment, go do the harvest. So what are our kairos moments? So for fathers, there are kairos moments in the life of our children, especially the formative uh, years, right? And those are the kairos moments, those, those are the kairos opportunities that, that needs to be redeemed. You need to buy it back, which means you've got to pay something. You've got to pay a price to catch those moments. Redeem the kairos. So there is a cost to pay. That's why it says redeem. And then pay it. Because those moments will not be there forever. In the life of the church, are there kairos moments? I think yes. In PPH, the kairos moment now is evangelism, right? We have some 20 of us going through uh, evangelism explosion. Not all of us are there, but we can be praying for them because their OJT is quite serious. They need to get out there, talk to their friends, even strangers, and, and to share the gospel. And I believe that this 20 will inspire the rest of us. There is the Alpha course that is coming up 29th of, of July. It is a Kairos moment. And like we keep saying, don't say no for your friends. You know, sometimes you think about Alpha course, uh, 10 sessions, uh, none of my friends will come. Why even bother to ask? No. You ask someone, and who is to say that this someone says, I've been waiting for the Alpha course all my life. You know, I'm so glad that you asked me. How do you know? It may be, well, that Kairos moment. So redeem it. Pay the price for it. Go ask your friends and join in this. Our 135th anniversary in the uh, 16th of July. You know, yesterday, I think, not yesterday, Saturday, quite a few of us went out for, for capping. Right? I, I was so proud, you know. You know I knock on the door and it says, uh, 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 bless you for, uh, I think my, my units are mostly Malays. I say, oh, PPA CSC, uh, we've been here 15 years in Teban Garden. Wow, to be able to say that, you know, 15 years, then, oh, 15 years. I knocked this door and a guy came out and said, do you know uh, I, from PPH? Ah, oh, PPH, uh, Roslyn, Roslyn. <laughs> they, they, they know PPH equals uh, CSC equals Roslyn. And, and we feel the, the, the welcome. Then I say, this brochure, uh, I cannot speak Malay, right? Mati one, Mati. You want Mati, you talk ACP, you know. <laughs> ACP, you talk about dying and, 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 and all that. Uh, that's all I could do. Like. I say, you read carefully. Uh. You read carefully because the brochure was in Malay. 
kairos moments. There is this saying, an Arabic uh, proverb, that I thought it was good. Four things come not back. The sped arrow, the spoken word, time passed, and the neglected opportunity. How true. You know, it's not just that we, we don't want to miss an opportunity or, or neglect an opportunity because the Bible gives us a reason. Redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. That's the reason. Meaning that evil or the evil one wants a piece of the action. The evil one wants a piece of your children, wants a piece of your family relationships, wants a piece of your family. And 1 Peter chapter 5 Verse 8 says, be sober-minded, be clear-minded, be watchful, be careful, be circumspect. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Elder Edwin talked last week about mammon. And mammon is like the evil love of money personified. It becomes like a thing, an idol, a person that is opposed to God. What looks very good, money, which is opposed to God, becomes like a demon. Likewise, there is a person who is opposed to God's ideal for the family unit. And sadly, in Singapore, we have gained international notoriety in recent days over this. You, you cannot imagine, right? I tell you, like, a few weeks ago, that something like this will happen, you say that it's, it's incredible. Not possible, but it has happened. And what would outsiders think of us? What would outsiders think of us? There are three verses in the New Testament that has this word outsiders. Let me read them. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. In another translation, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, redeeming the time. The same phrase, redeeming the kairos moments. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 12. So that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7, Moreover, this is the deacon, uh, qualifications for deacons, he must be well thought of, not just by people in the church, must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. The word outsider simply means outside, outside of the kingdom of God. Huh? Somebody who has not acknowledged Jesus as Savior or acknowledged a sonship, uh, 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 an obedience, uh, a subordination to God the Father. That's an outsider. So one of the best ways to walk properly towards outsiders, I think, is, is simply this, to give thanks. Ephesians 5, 4. Giving of thanks. Instead, give thanks. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. We thank God for fathers. We thank God if we have children. We thank God for a big inheritance. We thank God that we have no inheritance. We thank God that we can give. We thank God that we can forgive. We thank God that we can be forgiven. We thank God that our sins can be exposed to the light and be healed and cleansed. We thank God that we can be filled with spirit so that we have this power to live a life worthy that, that is an example to outsiders that we can live in love, in light, in circumspection, carefully, diligently, wisely. 
And imagine when outsiders look at us, every second word that we use is, thank God, thank God. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. As when I read uh, people who post, uh, who are my Facebook friends, can you imagine that? I'm, I'm thankful, I'm so blessed. And, and surely they would be amazed in this world of discontents and, and dysfunction when they see the believer and they say, we are always give thanks. You know, there's an old man in the first service, his name is Kibun. Many years ago, his wife passed away. I was at the funeral wake service and listening to all the ladies around her. And they were saying that, wow, Uncle Kibun's wife, uh, I think her name is Kam Xia Zhu. Because like, every time she opened her mouth, it's Kan Xie Zhu, Kan Xie Zhu. Thank God, thank God. And that was a great testimony. A simple lady, but the way she walked was always in thanksgiving. Kan Xie Zhu. So we need to watch how we walk. There is this biography of Marie Antoinette, you know, that French uh, what empress, uh, French queen, um, who, it was said, she liked to disguise herself and, and then to attend parties so that people don't know that she's queen and all that. But it says that it, it didn't work because the moment she walked in, everybody knew that this the person who walked like that is royalty. That's just that class, that purposeful stride. And I was, some years ago, I was uh, at a lunch, I remember it was in Millennia Institute when uh, our member Chopang was principal at the time, so we had a men's lunch there. And uh, from far away, there was this big window. Uh, somebody was walking towards us and immediately we could recognize who he was. We couldn't see the face, but just from the way he was walking towards us, we recognized who he was. And Dr. Lim Chu, who is the head of our men's ministry, talked to me and he says there is a technical term for this. It is his gait, G-A-I-T, his style of walking, his gait. At first, I thought it was his, it was his gait, <laughs> his style of walking. So I went to check. I went Google Translate gait. Gait is translated as belly dance. You know, That's strange, right? I always thought gelek is gelek, but it, it translated as belly dance. It is the swaying of the hips. I think it's close enough. So when you walk, there's a certain sway of your hips that is identifiable. So how, what do people see when they see our walk, our spiritual walk? And that's how we need to be watchful. Okay, so walk in love, walk in love. And to walk in love is a supreme example of Christ. Walk with Christ means to give. To give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So this Father's Day, think about how you give. You know, don't miss this Kairos moment to give love, affirmation. Just a, this, during coffee time, my son came over and gave me a pet. That's all we do. We are not the very physical type. Just, that's all. Eh? No words even. Like that. Like that only. Right? <laughs> okay lah, accept. You know, just give, walk in light. So come into the light. You know, if, if you ever have something that you feel like shameful, must be hidden and all that, no, expose it. That is the first step to healing. Confess it to someone, pray together, come into the light. And thirdly, walk in circumspection. Examine it from every angle. And circumspection means redeem the time, redeem the opportunities. You know, I never knew that I have a problem walking. So, some years ago, I had a, a knee uh, problem. So, I was uh, sent to a physiotherapist in NUH. 
And this lady said, you got a problem walking. So what problem? I've been walking like 50 years of my life without anybody telling me I've got a problem walking. I said, you know, the way you walk, uh, and she observed, the way you walk uh, is like you're marching, uh, because you walk like that, like marching, you know. So your, your heel hits the floor uh, hard, and you tend to lock your knee when you walk, and, and so it's giving uh, all kinds of problems. It's, it's like you're goose-stepping, you know, the North Korean soldier. The way you walk is like you're goose-stepping. What to do? <laughs> Very difficult to change, you know. Uh, walking. But you think about it, how I walk physically is really not so important now. Okay, I'm 59 years old. If I live to 70, I need this knee 11 more years only. You guys need it longer. If I live to 80, I only need it for 21 years. So you do a calculation of wear and tear, I think still can tahan <laughs> for up to 80 years old. But how I walk spiritually is not 11 years, it's not 21 years, it's for eternity. There's an impact to my children. There's an impact to the flock in PPH. There is an impact to outsiders who are observing. That is important. And so we need to watch how we walk. In love, in the light, in circumspection. Okay, why don't we do a, a closing song together? Uh, I've missed out a very, very important verse in Ephesians 5. And that is, be filled with the Spirit. I hope I have not left you with a sense of guilt or condemnation, you know, or I'm, I'm in darkness and, and uh, I'm not very careful with my words and all that. No, 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 no. Okay. It is enough to point us to the light and when the Spirit fills us, every single one of this is achievable. That God will help us to live in love. He will prompt us how to give at the appropriate moments, how to love as in how to give. He will give us the strength. I know one of the most difficult things to do is to get out of the darkness into the light, to, to be exposed. But I pray that PPH will be this safe environment that you can come to an elder, come to a deacon, come to your cell group leader, come to a pastor and say, I got this problem. Would you pray with me? When that is done, I think something breaks in the spiritual atmosphere and that's the first step to healing. And circumspect is to redeem the Kairos moments because the days are evil. Come, let's, let's stand as we sing this together. Oh, right.
tears and joy, I trust in you, and I believe in all of your ways, and your promises forever. to live a life that is so full of light that people can see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. And so I want to pray that each one of us will be committed to walk in love. The whole is so deep, this word walking in love, but just for today, focus on giving. And today is Father's Day, the family how you might give love and affirmation to your fathers. Walk in in light. Be exposed. Nothing to fear, nothing to hide. And if there were some things that you feel shamed or condemned over, that is not how God wants us to live. 
He wants us to come into the light so that we have no fear. Nothing to hide, nothing to fear. And would you, by the power of being filled with the Spirit, have that godly courage to expose, to confess, and to begin that process of healing, of cleansing. And then thirdly, walk in circumspection to redeem the time because the days are evil. What are these Kairos moments in your phase of life right now? Don't miss the opportunities. Bring it before the Lord. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I just want to pray for everyone. That all this looks impossible, too difficult until we receive the Holy Spirit's power. So, beloved ones, be filled with the Spirit. Be continually filled with the Spirit. Open up your hearts to God. Ask the Spirit to fill you for cleansing, for empowering, that you may do the will of God, that you may understand the will of God, that you may redeem the Kairos moments, that you may be the light which shines forth as a saint, that you would be the blessing to an outsider, that you will walk as Christ did in love, in light, and in circumspection. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.